What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. I'm your host, Greg. I am here tonight with Ryan. Tyler, for some reason, is in Maine. Why? I don't know. You know, it's, I'm sure it's gorgeous. Episodes. It's got to be great. It's got to be nice, right? Whatever. We get important episodes like, hey, we just got a ton of free agents signed. Eisenman does a press conference. There's a waiver and all this. And Tyler's like, yeah, I'm in Maine, so I can't record. And we're like, whatever. For some reason, I thought we weren't actually going to be going tonight. So the uh, conversation, then you're like, yeah, we're going. I'm like, yeah, whatever. And then I get kind of yelled at because she's like, it's a holiday. I'm like, it's a Monday. No, no, tomorrow's a holiday. <laughs> Today is Monday. Uh, and we are but, recording. Yeah. Anyways. So we have a lot to talk about tonight. And right off the top, we're going to do an update a little bit on the Yamamoto and Clem Costin situation. So the Red Wings did waive uh, Kyler Yamamoto. It sounded like he really didn't want to be here. Uh, like he still wanted like he wanted to be out west and he signs with the Seattle Kraken. Mm-hmm. So, it, I mean, it was it's whatever bummer, he but not I not mean, really. sure. Sure. Bummer because you're missing out on a solid what looked like a solid bottom six guy. He wasn't going to blow the doors down. He wasn't going to do a no. bunch of scoring, but he was apparently the price to pay to get Clem Costin, who the Red Wings then went and signed to a two year contract worth two million dollars per year. Adds, like we said last episode, physicality to the lineup. Mm-hmm. That sandpaper that you're kind of looking for. Iserman said he can play a kind of stepped up role in Detroit. He thinks there's a lot there. He even talked about him today in his press conference, uh, saying that there is like almost like there's more to be unlocked in Clem Costin. Uh, and I can find it right now. He was getting a contract without the need to qualify him, which is why they didn't. And that they have upside, but also provides aggressiveness to the lineup. So Costin is an evolving player, is what he said. So there's more there, and I like the contract, and that kind of is what kicked off all of free agency. Yeah, pretty much. It it was right before, it was like 10 or 11 a.m., wasn't it, on the day of? Yeah, it was really early because I had to rush to make a graphic. Yeah, I mean, I, I like it. He fits fits the mold. He's what he's a big body, isn't he? What's his size? We talked about it, but I forget. He is 6'3", 212. <laughs> Let's go. So all day there, he he, but he can skate. He can do things with the puck. He's not afraid to go into battles, if you will, on the board. So you look at, and we'll touch on the presser. I don't want to jump ahead of myself, but he fits what Eiserman's looking for in terms of a depth or a guy that can play anywhere within the lineup. And one of the signings in particular speaks directly to that. So there's a lot of flexibility that Costin will hopefully bring. And he's hopefully in the same breath, he'll have a larger role this season with Detroit. So if that comes to a head and works out well for him, then great. Got him for two years. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I wonder if they try and use him on the uh, the penalty kill because of his size, because of his aggressiveness. Throw him Skating. out there and just let him hit people and, and clear the puck. I think that mm-hmm. might be another addition there that could help. Kind of like a Sunquist. Yeah, kind of like a Sunny, but maybe with more offensive upside, maybe less yeah. defensive laps. We'll see what happens with him because I, that's one that I'm actually pretty excited for because the initial word was that he had was going to receive an offer from the KHL. And as soon as the KHL team, which was OMSK, saw that Iserman had traded for him, they basically <laughs> withdrew their offer Just because they kidding. knew they weren't they weren't going to be able to pay him more than Detroit was going to be able to pay him. So that was Sergey right now. Be like, hey, what's with your dude? Come on. <laughs> so that was what kicked off free agency. And I really like the move and kind of the versatility that gives the team. 
I'm going to go to a person I don't have uh, notes on because they didn't do their own press conference yet, which I thought was kind of weird, which is Alex Lyon. So the Red Wings signed Alex Lyon to a uh, two-year contract worth 900000 per season. Last season in 2022-23, he had 15 games played, nine wins, four losses, with a goals against of 289 and a save percentage of 912. His career save percentage is a 903. And his career goals against is a 305. Now, they also signed James Reimer, which we'll talk about during this. But I feel like this is going to be a battle it out kind of situation between the two goalies to see who backs up uh, Huso because they made it seem like in Reimer's press conference that like he was the default backup. He was automatically going to be a Detroit backup Huso. And Alex Lyon, even though the sample size is smaller, he's got 39 NHL games played total to Reimer's like 2 million games or whatever. Reimer has 476 (laughs) games played that I think there might actually be a shot that Lyon could take that backup spot because in his limited showing, he has decent numbers and he only needs to play a backup role. He fought hard for Florida and he's been learning under Sergei Bobrovsky, arguably one of the best goalies the last in the last 20 years. I mean, you can't go wrong in picking up a guy that played well alongside Bob. Now, Bob did take the reins in Florida going into the playoffs, but and at the same time, like you're, you're not upset about that. You could say that you can't really say that with Reimer. I don't, I don't know who all he's really played with. That would be close to Bob. Has he played with anyone quite like that? Jaguar was who he had the uh, kind of privilege of being under. When okay. he was goaltending was uh, Jaguar. So wasn't quite the comparison I would expect, but eh, it works. I mean, he played with what Freddie Anderson in Carolina, San Jose would have been Martin Jones going back into old Florida. I'm not sure who would have been on that roster, but and then obviously back in the day with Toronto. So I just all, every time I think of Jaguar, I think of Anaheim. So that's what th- it threw me off right there for a hot minute. Yeah, but looking at Alex Lyon, his goals saved above average. Right now, which is goals the goalie prevented given his save percentage and shots faced versus the league average save percentage on the same number of shots. And his is 3.7. 3.7 goals saved above average based on the average goaltender in the league. So, average. I mean, if you're, I'm thinking if you look same last season, let's see. If you look last season at, yeah, I'm looking at 2010, 2011 Maple Leafs and Jaguar was on the team. But if you okay. look at goals saved above average for um, in San Jose for Reimer last season, mm-hmm. he was at a negative 19.2. Now, granted, this was on one of the worst teams ever. So the season before in San Jose, he was at a 5.9, but he's flipped back and forth. 2018-19, uh, a negative 9.3. 2019-20, 3.4. 2021, a 1.2. So he's flipped back and forth on his goals saved above average. But this past season was really, really bad. So I think there is an actual shot that Alex Lyon could back up Huso in Detroit based on yeah. how preseason and uh, training camp goes. Yeah, I mean, it helps, too, that, you know, they're, he's several years younger. I'm not saying that 35 is crazy old, but, I mean, for Reimer making it this long, so good on him, and Lyon is only 30. So let's see, one of the birthdays here. Reimer just turned 35 in March. Lyon will be 31 in December. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see how it plays out. When I saw the signings, my first thought, like you just mentioned, was it's going to be a battle for the backup. The the loser goes to Grand Rapids. And Lyon, 
part of me hopes that he does get the backup job because Kosa being able to be under Reimer would probably be more beneficial. But as I mentioned, under the same breath, Lyon going to Grand Rapids maybe also wouldn't be awful because who knows what he did, in fact, pick up from Bobrovsky. So. And he could help Kosa because it sounded pretty clear today from the press conference that Kosa is probably going to be the goalie in Grand Rapids. See his mask? Yeah, it's really sweet. That it's thing the is ready vintage, to roll for the Griffin. It's the vintage Griffin is what it is. Mm-hmm. So we're going to move on to the next pickup. And these are just in order of. Well, do you what, want to touch I, on the before the pickups? Oh, Zadina. Philip Zadina has been waived by the Detroit Red Wings. Now, we were all scrambling to figure out why earlier. We're like, well, maybe his contract's being terminated or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, Iserman talked about that also during the press conference, basically said that Zadina had come and asked to maybe try to be moved before the draft. So his agent had said, hey, can you try and move him, get him a fresh start somewhere? Iserman said he tried as hard as he could. There were no takers. So today they waived Philip Zadina. And it is not for contract termination. Iserman says another team has a chance to basically pick him up for free. And if they don't, he will come to camp. He will try to earn a spot. If not, they could waive him again and send him to Grand Rapids. But that was kind of the big news of the day was that Iserman waived Philip Zadina. And it was because Zadina had asked to try to be moved. So this is the last ditch effort. Am I surprised that he asked? No. Because if you look at, if I, I'm kind of surprised he asked before the draft. That is kind of where I, I the surprise came in. But looking at the free agent signings, I'm looking. I was looking through the J Fresh cards, the stats last season, looking through and saying, putting together my like mock lineup, and there's no space for Phillips here. There wasn't even a space in my lineup for Robbie Fabry if I want to play Marco Casper. And does that so, even include, does that include a? No, I was just gonna say you answered my question, Norman. Sorry. Yeah, it includes Casper, but I, I'm not surprised. I wouldn't have been surprised if you told me that like yesterday he asked for a trade or asked to be waived or whatever. But to say he did it before before Any the trade, happened. yeah, before the draft, that is what is more surprising to me. I wonder if that's maybe why. So here's where you think that maybe one of the the pundits pick that up because he was what number 22 on cervelli's uh trade board and eiserman say tried as hard as he could and there were no takers like i'm thinking eiserman probably would have taken like a fifth round pick for zadina or whatever you really no want one, one of these trades with like a debrinket or connect connecting to go through doesn't it yeah but i mean right now those trade situations look kind of like a shit show too oh totally but you, you see where i'm going with that yeah so it's it's surprising in like my hope is that someone does pick up Philip Zadina because I think, and like Iserman said, he still believes in Zadina. He sees the talent there. He knows what can happen and he can still develop into a good NHL player. But I just don't think it's going to be for this team. So I'm really hoping that someone does pick him up and that he can just kind of restart his professional career with that team. I, I like, and I know we're not trying to, we're kind of going into the presser a little bit, but I'm trying to avoid it. I mean, this kind of takes away some of what we'll wait to worry about. But I like how he mentioned that there's no animosity between him and Zadina. There's no bad blood. It's trying to give him a fresh start. And he, he made the comment. He's like, I gave him a, th- I gave him a three-year deal. Like He's of, like, of I signed I, the dude. Yeah, I gave him a contract. Like, I, I'm not, that's not that I don't like him. It's just that it's almost like it's, I, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed is how Eiserman kind of sounded when talking about it. It and it sounded like he was disappointed because Zadina asked to leave, not because of the performance of Zadina. Mm-hmm. 
But he even he even said he's like the the injury really derailed him. And then he came yeah. back and he you saw some flashes, but nothing really panned out. So he has to earn his way back now. That was the quote unquote. Yeah, if no one picks him up, but I'm really hoping someone picks him up and he can get a chance at turning everything around. Yeah. Um, so now we're going to head into free agents. Thank you, Ryan, for reminding me. You're welcome. And we're going to start with the order that I watched the uh, free agent press zooms in because I kind of just went through the playlist in a weird order. And we're going to start with Christian Fisher. So I've got you want stats first or notes first? Because I can do stats let's, first. Let's jump. We'll go stats and notes. Stats first. So in 2022, 23, in 80 games played, he had 13 goals and 14 assists for 27 points. His Corsi numbers were decently low, 42-4, That's not why he's here. Because if you look at Christian Fisher's J Fresh card, he is here for the PK. He has a 98% on the penalty kill. Uh, the dude is a, it like, has awesome. If you're rating players on vibes, he's one of the top vibes players you're going to get is Christian Fisher. So... My notes on him, uh, Jay Verady and Iserman mo- uh, motivated him, felt like he could help the team win. Uh, calls what <laughs> He had a bunch of notes on a, that he was asked about Arizona, of course, that's where he's coming from. Basically, overall, that it's a complete shit show, but if they got a rink in Scottsdale, it would be fine. Um, he's a big body, 200-foot power forward, values playing the D side of the puck, was, taken, uh, was taking nearly every D zone draw against the other team's top line. That is one that I that really stuck out to me. Because if you're trusting him to in the D zone take faceoffs, that's a pretty big, I mean, a pretty heavy task to ask someone to do. Yeah, he didn't do very well though. No, but you you figure if he didn't win the faceoff, he could go out there and just bang bodies but, around, right? Yeah, I mean, he didn't take a lot of draws, but when he was out there, he, he I like the way that he said he like he thrives in those situations, meaning when there's pressure or there's a high tense situation where you have to be relied upon in your own zone to stop the other team. He wants to be on the ice board. Yeah. That was one of his quotes. He loves being a grinder. He's just a dude that's going to go out there and comment there. Art had a 10 minute question novel written at the end of every single player Uh, press conference where I'm like, so good. There's 10 minutes left in the presser. Art's going to ask a question. He's like, everyone's like art Regner with the last question. You look at the timer and there's 10 minutes left. You're like, the last question? You mean like the last seven questions? You think they warned them ahead of time? Someone had put that earlier. They're like, do you think the players during this development camp should get a like uh, PowerPoint presentation on the reporters and like what they're like and what kind of questions they ask? They really should. So with Fisher, it says he played his juniors in the area, grew up in Chicago. This is a theme you'll notice is that Iserman is getting players that have either played in Michigan, been around the area, or were born here. And I think there's something to it. Like I said last week, that maybe it's a psychological thing where maybe you perform better in where you learn to do something or you grew up doing something. And we got an interesting response from, and I'm going to maybe mess up the Twitter handle, uh, Dr. Havoc, PhD, I believe, on Twitter is what it is. And he said there's there was a psychological study that basically took people that scuba dive and taught them one set of things underwater and one set of things above water and then tested them on them. And they were they remembered the stuff they learned underwater more when you put them back underwater. So it's like the brain connects where you learn something with what you learn. 
Wait, they, and you, they remember the stuff out of water better when underwater, you mean? No, no. Other way around. They remember the stuff out of water better when they were out of water and underwater better when they were underwater. Oh, I gotcha. So the brain, there's something in the brain that c- might connect where you learn something with how much you remember it. So maybe they're looking at something. It'd be a fucking crazy stretch to say that is why they're getting people from the area. But there could be something psychologically to it. But back to Christian Fisher, because that's like a total whole episode on the psychology of sports and people and how the brain works. But uh, they asked him about Ghost. So his scouting report on Ghost, highly talented D-man who thinks the game well. His IQ and play reads are top level. Love hearing that. Fantastic. Uh, Fisher, I just kept saying, like, seems like a really good guy. Absolute gamer. Sounds like Eiserman said he's going to play. He said Eiserman was not just blowing smoke up his ass. And when October rolls around, you're in for four minutes a night. I put, I would pencil him in on your bottom six as a PS suitor, defensive PK specialist. I could see him being a fan favorite really quick just because of his attitude, how he talked, the kind of player he says he is. And if you're like, say, if you're looking for a PS suitor replacement, I think he's it. Absolutely. I mean, maybe not so much in the faceoff dot, but in terms of what he will likely do for you defensively, yes. And he can score. Oh, I shouldn't I shouldn't get too far out of myself. He's got similar stats as to what Suter does, and you can't go wrong with it. You look at what he had this past year. Suter had 14 goals, 10 assists, 24 points. Fisher had what I just clicked off of him. 13 goals, 14 13, assists 14, for 27 points. So you you've reincarnated Suter into a six body. foot two, 212 pound right shot is what you've done which is one of the themes you'll see, right shots. And body, big. And body. Uh, we are going to move on to the next player on the list. That is James Reimer. James Reimer, six foot three, 205. Old goalie, 35 years old and 43 games old. played last season. He had 12 wins, 21 losses, with a goals against of 3.4 and a save percentage of 89. Again, terrible team out there in San Jose. Like who's only... Bad. Whose only saving grace was Eric Carlson. The year prior in San Jose, he actually had a respectable season. He did. The year prior, he had a 9-1-1 save percentage and a 2-9-0 goals against. And this year, they wanted to call 9-1-1 on him to get him out of the arena. (laughs) But for James Reimer, he was all smiles during the press conference. He's absolutely pumped to be a Red Wing. Says Detroit's a really exciting place to be right now. He's happy to be back in a big traditional hockey market. And the direction of the team and Steve's direction is a big positive and that everyone around the league recognizes it. That was the big thing. Our fucking fans can't figure that out. (laughs) No, but literally said everyone around the league, meaning players and coaches, understand what is happening in Detroit right now and recognize that it's really big and that the direction they're going is very positive. Like what what is... I'm picking on this particular It's going to explode. Watch on YouTube if you're not. What is so fucking hard about understanding that? Like two years I, in a row now, we've had some of the like older players that are coming through have all said the same damn thing. They see what Eisenman's drafted. They see the talent that is in the pipeline. They see the young players that are on this team that are quote unquote the core. Now, granted, the core has changed a little bit, but you have Dylan Larkin leading the way. Why is that so difficult? For some of these fans on fucking line, and it's across the it's across the spectrum now. They've leaked into Twitter and have taken over, over, and it's fucking killing me. 
relax. This can't Ryan, happen it's, overnight. It's because we didn't go out day one of free agency and sign Patrick Kane and Tarasenko and trade for Debrinket and get 18 scores. I, I, I guarantee you that's probably why people are pissed off. They see all these flashy names that are past their prime. I shouldn't say past their prime, but past their like glory days, if you will. Yeah, cool. The team has a lot of cap space, but hey, guess what? Next year it goes up some more. We have to give contracts to Cider, Raymond, several other guys that are going to be potentially earning more. Maybe Sprong gets a, re- a renewal. Like, oh. And I don't think I mentioned it, but Christian Fisher was signed to one year, 1.125 million. And uh, James Reimer is signed to a, I believe, one year, one, one year, 1.5 million dollar contract. So nothing big there. Uh, James, James Reimer went on to saying uh, having good mentors is a big help and can provide he can provide some of that here to someone like Billy Huso. He was asked about playing against Sprong. He said Sprong has a good shot and his ability to get the shot off is good. He takes guys by surprise. And on Ghost, he says he has a knack for getting the puck through into the net. He mentions him in the same breath as players like Brent Burns, who do the same thing. So being able to get the puck through that first Very layer of sizes, defense. That's yeah, promising. To the, through the first layer of defense and to the net where someone can then score. Uh, again, James Reimer, great energy coming off of him during the interview, was very mm-hmm. happy. He said that his sister is a huge Detroit fan, was a Detroit fan since the late 90s, and that is okay. probably going to be reignited uh, coming here. But he's going to have to battle with Alex Lyon for that backup spot, I think. It's going to be a, not as far apart as people think it is. I think that battle will be a lot closer. Which is going to be good, though. Yeah, pushing each other. The the biggest thing that I want to come out of that, other than, you know, a competent backup, is someone that can take a load off Huso. Because that didn't happen last season, and it caught up to him at the end. We can't have that again if we want to have a a halfway fighting chance. Yeah, I think that um, if you look at Reimer and his 43 games played, Maybe if you knock that down to 30, it's a little more palatable because, again, he is getting up there in age. But I think, again, it will be all about perform up there in age like he's fucking 70 years old. He's still younger than me. He's not Michael Bunting, but (laughs) he's getting to the point where as a goalie, you kind of slow down a little bit. And I say that as the Rangers sign Jonathan Quick. But. I think that if you can lighten his load and get him maybe 30 games and you give Huso the remainder, it helps both of them kind of even out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to move to another defenseman in Shane Gostaspare. This love one was it. really exciting. I love this one. Five foot 11, 180. Um, did I see it coming from the beginning? No. This is something I wanted last season. I yeah. wanted Shane Gostaspare. It's okay to get him this season, though. Shane Gossespierre signed a uh, one-year, $4.125 million contract. It was kind of a bet on himself. In 75 games played last season, he had 13 goals and 28 assists for 41 points. Looking at his Fresh card, he has a projected war of 75% as a top-pair defenseman with an EV offense of 76 and EV defense of 18. But again, if you look at it on the power play, he is an 87%. He has mm-hmm. a finishing of 97%, a goals per 60 of 87. Uh, the dude has been, now they'll say he had one down season, and that is something that um, Christian Fisher said. 
He's been a damn good player for 90% of his career, was yeah. a Christian Fisher quote. And I will tell you, I will write off the one bad season if he keeps performing the way he has. During his interview, he says the opportunity Steve presented was a big plus, a one-year opportunity to prove himself as big. The team is young, hungry, and skilled, which fits his game perfectly. He was asked about his role as a mentor, says he can help with the confidence of the defenseman and keep it simple and lead by example. His one-year deal is a bet on himself. He said uh, they referenced Olimata, said it's a, probably the same kind of path. He hopes it can lead to another contract and that he can play both sides of the ice. He has been used right and left. Uh, it was about 50-50 split between right defense and left defense at even strength. And Eisenman's reiterated that point. He did, and when I put up my defensive lineups, I still have him as a left defenseman with Justin Hole on the second pair, which doesn't hurt. No. But uh, he is a left shot, and I kind of want to keep my left shots on the left side if I can. Um, but his he averaged 17 minutes of ice time in Carolina at the end of last season because he was traded at the trade deadline from Arizona to Carolina. And again, if he can keep it up and be just a high powered offensive defenseman and you put him with a defensively sound guy and he doesn't fucking fall over himself like Ben Sherratt, that's a win. Yeah. Basically what you can think of with Gossip Bear is Phil Hronick. Maybe a little bit more oomph when it comes to offensive output. I mean, I have loved watching Ghost Bear, if you will. Since his time in Philly, when he first came on the scene, he's always been a guy that you're just enjoying, like watching him play offensive defense, if you will. He had what, 65 points back in 1718. That's been his high. So if you get remotely close to even just a couple of years ago, he had what, 51 and 82 games. That's a win. all yep. day. So if he can come in and do that with what's been changed up and you know that he's probably going to be leading the power play. That's yeah, huge. him or Mo. Yeah. 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 And if you want to compare him to Philip Peronic, Philip Peronic had a projected war of 54%, a 44 EV offense and a 34 EV defense. So, I mean, ghost all around, not defensively, but offensively is better than Philip Peronic. Yeah. Like I said, if you can put him with someone who is defensively responsible, that's a killer, a killer combo right now. Uh, and I mean, we'll move on to who I think could be his defensive partner in Justin Hole. Now, this is the contract that people were kind of angry about, like immediate negative reaction. Justin Hole, three years, $3.4 million. That is what pissed people off. The term and the money. It still came in under Evolving Hockey's projected contract for him. True. Take it with a grain of salt how you want to feel about it. But Justin Hole's projected war right now is a 46% with an EV offense of 50 and an EV defense of 52 and a PK of 55. So you're not bringing him in to blow the doors down. You're bringing him in to probably be a solid second pair defenseman. Mm -hmm. And I feel that every single thing in Toronto gets amplified by a million by both the media and the fan base. And he kind of mentioned that a little bit, asking about being in Toronto and being constantly under the microscope. Um, do you want me to run through the notes or do you want to comment first? Uh, I'll, I'll comment. I mean, what I liked about his interview in particular, and you just kind of watch the way he plays, he, he highlights on himself that he's a strong two-way defender. He can jump up into the play. He's He likes to get the breakout started. And you just think about what we've talked about the last year two years even since Malone took over is this team thrives off transition and ghost 
and Hall speak directly to that. Now, how well that hopefully they can get into the system and learn it quickly. So, I mean, I'm not too upset with it. We'll we'll see how it plays out. But I mean, I think it was Tyler that compares him to a Ben Sherat. So we'll see if he gets to reign free on that one again because he we had to backtrack and give him credit for the Sherat comment after the fact. But uh, Tyler gets one smart thing per season to say, and that was (laughs) that was his one smart thing. So this better not be his his smart thing for this coming season. Uh, During his interview, he calls him, like you said, a two way D man that's been used more defensively. Uh, PK has also been a big focus in the past. So again, buffing your special teams numbers that Mm -hmm. need to stay high to be relevant. Says he always has. Yeah. Says he always has something to prove. You have to beat your best at all times to be valuable. Uh, What he what appealed to him about Detroit was the roster playing against the wings last year. He saw a lot of good pieces and a lot of promise on playing in Toronto. He said you are always under the microscope and it's the hardest place to play. Um, It might help you get a little thicker skin. I'm going to say it probably pisses you off more than anything. But again, I feel like any problems are amplified a million times when you play in Toronto. I don't think Hull is as bad as the Toronto media and Toronto fans are making him out to be. And I think maybe he can try and turn it a little bit, turn the narrative on himself around a little bit in Detroit. Them pissed off because a player left them and they didn't get to yep. keep him. Uh, he said he had several offers and had to move quick. If you don't move, teams will move on without you. He had a little bit of insight into the free agency process. He says it's like minute to minute. You're getting phone calls. You've got to answer them. So I'm surprised that uh, Max Domi got an offer while he was fucking asleep overseas. Right. Like, from Toronto. Yeah. Uh, he said a big point from Justin Hall. He loves the Wings jersey and colors. That was something that he said during his interview. He did say that. I loved it because it, it wasn't Art making the comment about them in Philly or something. I I don't know when. All I, I was like half working and half listening. And I he's like, yeah, they got good, a good jersey and good colors. I'm like, I got to take a note on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he mentioned uh, Mo Sider and Lucas Raymond by name on their skill at their age and how they're progressing with the team. Uh, on usage, he said oh, that he isn't. Wait, so the, uh, players that have played <laughs> right, against these again. Red Wings, young players, they can see these things. That's so crazy. But our fucking fans are too goddamn blind to see two feet in front of their face. Ryan's very mad. Ryan's very mad by the negativity of the fan base during free agency. <laughs> on usage, he says that they, he isn't an offensive dynamo, uh, but he believes there are still more. there is still more offense to his game than he has shown. He seems like a funny guy. Again, a good energy dude who's buying into systems. And that seems, again, like Iserman's theme is these high energy, good character guys. And I think JT Comfer even said it, that it's the kind of locker room that Iserman is building. Is mm. this high confidence, play for each other, good character, high IQ style locker room that knows what it takes to win because they most of them have been in winning situations before or have won before. And mm-hmm. can bring Weird. that Look to at that the room. trend. Right? So getting winners is kind of... Winners with good attitude is kind of something that Eiserman looks like he's looking at. So I will take Justin Hole. Like you said, the contract may be a little high. It's not five years, three years. It's and it's three, not five million dollars, three million. million. Like under three, yeah. five. You, the cap's going to go up, guys. Don't worry about it. It'll be well, fine. Not only that, but I mean, if you don't get Mata... I mean, you got Mata for two more years at only yep. three million. He was arguably one of your better shutdown defenders last season. I mean, the only one you can still arguably be pissed off about is Ben Sherratt, but who cares? Cider's going to be your highest paid defenseman soon, and you're gonna, you can get over it. Okay. Yeah, 
Ryan's on a roll tonight. Jeez. I tell you, I, I, I was very happy when Twitter was broken because I didn't see <laughs> most of these of comments. <laughs> and now all of a sudden, it's like the fucking floodgates of stupidity have opened. Well, I'm going to go back here to make another point really quick. Alex Lyon, born in the United States. Christian Fisher, born in the United States. James Reimers, Canadian. Shane Gossespierre, born in the United States. Justin Holt, born in the United States. That's four American-born players. Going into the 4th of July tomorrow. God bless America. You're damn right. <laughs> so we move on to the Netherlands and Daniel Sprong because that one is like <laughs> one of the one of the only like uh, Dutch play. I don't know how many Dutch players are currently in the Does NHL. throw you off that he's Dutch or am I just weird? The, the Netherlands is Dutch. The name yes. doesn't like scream I'm Dutch. Daniel Sprong? No, no, it doesn't. Yeah. But Daniel Sprong is a right shot, right wing, six foot, also, 202 Jay pounds. really needs to update his headshots because they do. Sprong didn't look like that. Hole looks like Eric Carlson's like evil twin. <laughs> he does without the pirate mustache. Yeah. Uh, so Daniel Sprong is 26 years old in 66 games played with the Seattle Kraken last season. 21 goals, 25 assists for 46 points. Uh, I mean, overall positive player looking at his J fresh card, it projected war of 85 with a 74 offense, a 21 defense, but the numbers that really pop out are a 93 finishing and a hundred percent goals per 60. So the guy had a, a record offensive season last season was really good on the ice. It's again, the depth scoring that Iserman is bringing in, having someone on each line who can put the puck in the net. And that is what's going to win you championships. He's pointed that out as one of the things that Vegas did was they had lines that could constantly roll and people that could constantly chip in. Mm -hmm. So from Daniel Sprung's interview, he says he's bringing offense and scoring can grow with the guys and help them out in that area. Mentions his one time on the power play and the impact that it can make that he also played with Perron and Olimata in Pittsburgh, Fabry and Wallman growing up and Valeno lives in the same area as him. And they were close to each other when they were younger. He says that they had the belief that they could make it to the playoffs and knew what they had in the locker room, this being uh, Seattle. And that's where it started. Says he's looking at Detroit on paper and that that could be a playoff team. That was the big thing. Is he's saying looking at the team on paper and what they have, the team could be a playoff team. So again, another guy whose energy was good, but it, this is a pickup when I saw that he wasn't being uh, tendered an offer by Seattle. I'm like, this is a guy you want. Because yeah. he's one who he's younger. He's not super duper young. He's 26, but he's in that age gap where his offense is just starting to take off. And we kind of saw that with Dylan Larkin too, where you see an offensive bump a little bit later. And it's one that I'm kind of excited for, because if you can get him in there and get him rolling and you can put him on the third line and he can score 20 goals mm -hmm. in a season, that's fantastic. Kind of like a Kubelik. Yeah. And his Corsi numbers last season, uh, in yeah, in Seattle, a Corsi four of 60.5% and a Fenwick four of 61.6. That's insane. Bucks Those are that, insane, baby. insane possession numbers. And that's, I mean, that's all, that's all situations. If you want to look at even strength, it's a 56.7 Fenwick and a 55 Corsi. Um, it's just, they're really, really good possession numbers. When, when he's on the ice, your team has the puck. And, and that's promising because you look at a gossip and that's what you also envision. And when it comes to the power play, I think it's going to make for 
an interesting lineup to see how they can, you know, break them up or do they try to stack a line and go with, uh, are they going to go one, a one B? I mean, there's a lot more opportunity. It feels like this season, if everyone is healthy to really stack up your power play and hopefully make it truly effective because you can roll with two D and you're not going to be hurt and you can throw your top forwards out there and you're going to be good to go roll the four, four forwards. You got cider, and ghost you can pick between on your top pair but then you've got your raymond larkin Peron, sprong or comfer cop like you've got kubalik like you've got multi you've got a lot of weapons where yeah it's it, it could be could be i'll preface the could be very effective and if they can have an improvement on the power play this year it's going to help this team go a long way yeah, and he is signed for one year at $2 million. Again, it. it's more of a prove-it contract where if he does well and he improves on last season, he can earn a long-term contract. But mm-hmm. I like that guys are coming to Detroit for that prove-it contract because they're in the prime to be able to do that uh, or maybe turn their career around and, and earn something that's longer. Uh, so the last guy we want to talk about in free agency so far, because it's not over. I mean, it's day, no. what, day three. Uh, and it's, I mean... The smoke is settled on the start. <laughs> That's what Iserman said is that it's like teams are now trying to figure out what they need, but it's by no means completely over right now. Uh, the kind of the biggest signing and one that I really like that, again, people shit on because of the term and the money, like they're the Red Wings accountant or something. JT Comfer signed for five years at $5.1 million per season. Last season with the Colorado Avalanche in 82 games played, he had 17 goals, 35 assists for 52 points. With a Corsi 451 and 49.9 offensive zone start percentage, which basically means they play him evenly in the offensive zone as they do the defensive zone. He's a great two way forward. Yeah, looking at his uh, J Fresh chart, let me pull it back up because someone messed the charts up. 75% war with a 31% offense, 88% defense. Finishing of 75, goals per 60 of 84. The dude is a gamer, man. That's the big thing is, again, he's another big energy guy. Played at Michigan with Cop and Larkin. He mentions being in the area previously uh, was a draw for him. He had great talks with Steve and coaching and says that this year and the future is exciting. What they have laid out, Steve Eisenman, that's what everyone else mentioned too. Like Eisenman laid out the plan and they're buying into the plan. He mentioned Cop and Larkin, his friends on the team. When asked about the success in Colorado, he talks about how bad they were and the rebuild. He knows how that all works. He's been through it all before. He's excited to take on the same kind of challenge here. And I think that's an important point is you're bringing in a guy that's been through the exact same things that these players are going through right now, the exact same situations. And he knows how they got out of it and what they needed to do to overcome those losses and what they did when those losses happened and how to move the team forward. So he's, that's one thing that I think is a really big point there is he's done it all before. He says he's talked to Cop and Larkin already, and the others have also reached out to him. They told him what a really good group they have and that they love the room. They're pushing to make the playoffs, and they had great things to say about management and coaching. Uh, he likes playing center, but also has played both wings, so there's versatility there. On his career high season, says that playing 2C in the playoffs helped boost his confidence. Played more last season due to the injuries, and that also helped. He developed more poise with the puck that should progress even further into next season. He feels that at his core, he's a defensively detailed 200-foot player. 
Uh, says that the rebuild in Colorado was fun and hard. Says he's thankful for the experience and can help the guys work through the losses with what he has learned. And at the end of the day, the direction of the team laid out by Steve and his previous experience is what convinced him to come here. Uh, building the locker room was a big focus and selling point. Um, again, reiterates that he's more comfortable playing center, but will play wherever they need him. Depth, man. This just gives you so much depth. And that's kind of what I want to round out the free agency thing with is that, and I'll let you get your thoughts in on comfort too, but this roster is so flexible right now. Yeah. It seems like any guy from the top first, the way I looked at it is any guy that you have in the bottom six in a pinch could probably slot up into the top six without really hurting you that much. Fisher can go anywhere. Comfort can go anywhere. Sprong can go anywhere in the lineup. Austin, like all Bear these Grin. new guys, you can. What's that? Beargrin. You're talking oh, about guys yeah. who are still here the too. New guys like, in particular, but yeah, Beargrin can go anywhere in the lineup. Uh, Raymond has gone up and down, but he's your, he's a top six guy. Like he's locked in there. Kubli can play anywhere in the lineup. Yep. Fabry has shown he can play anywhere in the lineup. Zadina hasn't shown quite that he can do that. But he might not be here anymore. But he, yeah, he could be gone. Michael Rasmussen. Raz can play anywhere in the lineup. Volano, debatable. Probably better off lower pair, but he can play. He's played defensively well on the PK and in, against top level competition. So, Cop can go anywhere. Like, it, you've got a whole roster. Perron, he's in your top six. Like, there's, there's really, no, unless he gets bumped, he could be a third line guy this year with the way yeah. things are shaking out. So, what you're looking at is just, a, like I said, maximum flexibility. You're giving Derek Lalone a roster to say, can have fun with it, dude. Here's your roster. Here's all these guys. Put them where you need them because wherever you put them, there's a chance they're probably going to be pretty successful. And what's fun, I'm, granted, this is the depth charts for cap friendly, so obviously nothing's official, but what they have is the top 12. You've got a basically 50-50 split now of lefties and righties. Which is exactly what you need. Like we had a very, very big noticeable lack of right shot players. Yep. And now you've got right shots that you can slot wherever. And you've got it where you can put a big guy on each line. You can put a scorer on each line. You've got offense up and down the lineup. You've especially gotten deep in defense. That's one of the big things is your defense now on each line. You've got a guy who can go to the corner and get pucks and lay the body and take it away. Guess how many guys right now. Uh, including Zadina, Scratch, and no, not thinking about... Yeah, guess how many guys we have under six foot at forward right now? Two? Three. Three? Okay. Now, it, it's, it depends on who how you want to set it up, but out of the 12, there's two. Raymond's 5'11", Fabry's 5'10", Berggren's 5'10". And on defense, you've got Ghost, who's 5'11", which yep. is one inch under six foot. Yep. And I mean, it's if Fabry could be gone, we don't know how that's going to happen. I mean, you're getting bigger, but when you, as you're getting bigger, one cross Hannes is six foot Carter Mazer six foot. Yeah. Your prospects coming in are bigger too, but as you're getting bigger, you're also adding skill. You're also adding aggressiveness. Danielson, who they just signed is six two. for the people who aren't, excited about the moves after the first two days. And I mean, I wasn't super excited. I'm like, I, I see why he did this. I see why he did that. And when you stay, take a step back and you look at the whole thing, you really start to see kind of 
why he did what he did and how it's all going to work. And you can make five, six, seven mock lineups and each one of them looks good. Like there's not glaring flaws with, with any one of them besides the need for a very, very high end scorer, which can still happen. Like it's not by any means over. And that was something that Eiserman said in his press conference. So we're going to get to the press conference, but what we need to do first is we need to take a quick break for a word from DraftKings, and we will come back and we'll talk about the Eiserman free agency presser because he kind of laid out his vision, and by the end of it, I felt much better. So we'll be right back in one minute after a word from DraftKings. New customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpline.com. MA.org. In New York, call 877 HOPENY or text HOPENY. In Kansas, call 1 800 522 4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas, in West Virginia, gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler or visit www.1800Gambler.net. All games regulated by West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance, one boost per eligible game, opt-in required, max bet $50, 10-plus legal required for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. I got to say it's happy now, and we're back. Is that good, Ryan? You just keep think, making fun of me whenever I say it all sad. Yeah, I, I appreciate the. I have to say this happy now. And then you jump right <laughs> into it. That's that was a good build up to get yourself psyched up. No, I am happy because <laughs> Iserman made every time Iserman talks. Besides dunking on the reporters, he makes me feel good inside because yes. he says all the things that I'm thinking, but I need him to say it before I can be validated. Just a um, good jack off of your ego, right there. Is so, what you're saying? A little bit. So <laughs> Iserman uh, had his. Press conference already. Now, normally press conferences mean you're done with free agency. And I think for the most part, he's done with free agency. But he did mention trades. The trades are still out there and the teams need to sort out their rosters before they move some pieces around and finalize things. So I'm going to run through bullets, jump in where you want to jump in. Uh, Looking at time, this may be a little quick, but we can break some stuff down where we want to break some stuff down. So the first half of it, Iserman targeted specific needs and is comfortable with the term and money he gave to each person. He said that the, he'll continue in the offseason to look at free agents and trades to take the offense even further than he has taken it already because things settle down from here and the teams figure out their rosters and make trades, like I mentioned. That was one of the big points is he's like, I'm comfortable with everything. And he also said short-term deals were motivating because of the cap going up. So he's comfortable with what he got for what he got it for. As I said, he still came in under projections on, I believe, all of his contracts. And I can't argue it. And people will be like, oh, the Justin Hole contract is terrible. But it's not that terrible. It's not a seven. A lot of dudes are being signed for seven years. Like dudes that had no business being signed for seven years. They said Tampa offered Alex Kalorn eight years. What? That is, they offered him eight years. He didn't take it but they offered him eight years at 34 years old. They gave offered him an eight year contract they offered him eight years. So like, it's no, oh. no one was touching those contracts. 
they were too long for too much money. And each time one came out, I'm like, thank you, Eisenman, for not signing that contract because you're giving a dude who's 28 years old uh, and not super high offensively or super, super good defensively. You're giving him a seven-year contract. What is it, Pierre Engvall that got a seven-year contract from the, from the Islanders? Lou's out there just throwing term around. Yeah. yeah. Like, insane. Was it Lou? that did? I mean, He gave Sorokin an eight-year deal, but that made a lot of sense. I'm pretty sure he also gave Pierre Engvall an eight-year deal. Let's see. They've got a million dollars in cap space, so good luck with Debrinkit, as they, they're rumored to be in. Pierre Engvall. <laughs> see, see that? You did. <laughs> you see that contract? Only three mil, but why are you what giving a depth guy an eight-year deal? Come on. Like, Lou, was it Lou just jacking around now because he's going to retire or something? He's going to fill the roster and peace out? Seven-year deal. It's seven, not eight. Still, still. too long. Too long. Uh, Iserman was asked about scoring. He said they would like to score more, uh, and being better defensively should help them in scoring, which I agree. You get the puck more, you take the puck away more, you get more chances to score, along with the development of guys like Lucas Raymond, another year on Mo Sider. The guy, uh, Mike Rasmussen, now I had to call him Mike because of Pete. Mike Rasmussen, another year there, maybe a big boost in offense. Not a big one, but a little boost in offense. Anything helps. The chip-in helps. Uh, let's see, what else do we say? There were a lot of discussions at the draft about trading picks to move up or down. He kicked tires on players, but nothing materialized. Was asked about JT Confer. Thinks JT is a healthy 28-year-old. Says a five-year term is good because he's a good skater, good athlete, stays healthy, very versatile and has a right-hand shot. Uh, Comfort will be a help for Dylan Larkin and all of our players with ex- uh, with the experience. He has gone through the same thing in Colorado. That was a big point Iserman made. Is like you're getting a guy who's familiar with the situation to put him around guys who are just in that situation right now. They want to be careful in locking people into term and clauses to take away the flexibility of the roster. I think he said what? He, he was like, what? We got like... Three, four guys were committed to next yeah. season. And like, we get to do this all again. So it doesn't matter. You get these guys on onesie, twosie year deals and you lock up two maybe longer than that. But the rest of them, you decide whether you want to keep them or you dump them and move. That's yeah, the thing. Got, next year, they've got one, two, three, four, four guys under contract right now that have one more year after this one. There's only one, two, three guys long-term outside the next two years, they're in a good spot. That's not including entry-level deals. Yeah, money and roster flexibility is there going forward, especially when the cap goes up. Huh. Huh. Almost like Steve Eiserman knows what he's doing when people start but, calling for but, his head already. But that's not what that's supposed to be like. You're supposed to make all the trades and go like steal Connor McDavid out of Canada because he's under oppression and stuff, and we got to make him in Detroit. Because we, we we don't have players. There was a lot of overreactions this uh, this week. Uh, the same. He was talking about Simon Edvin. Asked about Simon Edvinson. He says that they have high hopes for him. He's not prepared to put him on the team in a top six role. It's not out of the realm of possibility at this stage. Though Eiserman says it's not a certainty. Same approach applies to Marco Casper. Will not rush him into the lineup. Says they said the same thing about Raymond though, and he forced himself into play. So it goes back to any guy in camp can earn a spot as long as they blow the doors down and prove that they are better than someone else on the roster. As of right now, though, Iserman will not guarantee them a spot on the roster as he shouldn't. Can we backtrack just a l- I think it was a backtrack a little bit on, Go on ahead. the comments. I pulled out a quote and I forget exactly where it was at when I was watching it, but Iserman goes, 
we'd love a couple of big time scorers and hopefully we'll get that. I hope people caught that comment because I mean, that means he's got, I, again, irons in the fire guys. Things aren't done. Nope. Things could happen. They also could very not happen. However, they could I think very not happen. Of, Ryan of all the comments though, that one has stuck out to me that you feel like there's conversations being had. Maybe that involves Zadina. Now it can't really happen because um, he got waived at least in the next 24 hours, I should say. Yeah, by noon tomorrow or whatever. You know that he knows that like that reinforces the fact that he knows there isn't top scoring talent on this team. Yeah, the fucking blockheads on Twitter now and everywhere else can't wrap their mind around that fact. It's so subtle, so simple, and a truth. Deal with it. Like, we can't have all of these things. Like, he's yeah. trying to build a roster. What's you know what the average age is of our forward group right now? Is it 28? 25. Okay. After that, even, huh? even after the additions? Huh? Is even after the additions? That's with Ghost, and that's what? Oh, yeah. That's the forward okay. group. That's the forward group. The All decor right. is at 27-7. Still under 30. Hi. Yeah, and that's not including Rasmussen in there. Uh, I think is Berggren. Yeah, Berggren's in there, but not like. Yeah. So we're getting younger and Boston's building a nursing home, right? Because they got Kevin Shattenkirk. They went back and got Milan Lucic. Like we don't have, I think Casper's included in that. Yeah, Casper's yeah. included in that, so he's helping bump it down a little bit. But that doesn't include Evanson. Like yeah. this roster is getting younger. We talked about just a few years ago when Iserman took over, one of the oldest teams in the league. Figure it out, folks. He's doing yeah. these things strategically. There's some strategery involved in what Steve Eiserman has planned. Yeah. Uh, so back to Art Regner, who wrote, again, wrote a novel and then answered all the questions all by himself. So really didn't need to answer it. And Steve Eiserman laughed at him and said the same thing. He's like, I think you just answered your own question, Art. <laughs> so uh, Eiserman says he expects scoring to increase from within. His Vegas one because he got contributions from the entire lineup. We had already talked about that earlier on. On Sprong, Iserman noticed him two years ago in Washington and was impressed with him in Seattle. He had taken a step forward, and when he wasn't qualified, Iserman reached out. All the background information on him was positive, and he adds a right-hand shot to the lineup. He said the same thing. Better players aren't being qualified due to prioritizing top players and hard cap. Nope. Good teams lose players due to situations out of their control. It helps other teams get guys they probably wouldn't have if the cap was higher right now. You take advantage of it. Eiserman's taking advantage of it, and maybe it will pay off. It's a one-year deal. If it doesn't pay off, it doesn't pay off. You get a high pick going into next season, and you do it all over again. And you have, might have two high picks going into next season. Sure. So there you go. Yeah, because Boston might fall off the fucking rails. Clint you know, Coughlin, we said this last year, and I'm mildly did. terrified trying to say it again. So no, no, say it again because if it's a top, if it's a top ten pick, it moves again. And if they get a top ten pick next season, then you know they're probably going to be even worse the season after. So, I hope so. Clem Costin was getting a contract without the need to QO him. Lindstrom was the same situation, which that was a surprise. I didn't see us bringing Gustav Lindstrom back. Like, where did that come from? Well, this kind of under, kind of explains it. They really like Lindstrom Alrighty. as a person. He understands the role he's in. The role yeah. he's in is 7th D. He knows he's here to be a fill-in, to fill-in on nights when they need that maybe different handedness in the lineup. 
he's not here to play every night, big minutes. Mm-hmm. Would I have taken Jordan Osterley? Maybe I think Osterley was a little more effective, but yeah. Lindstrom is younger and that's, he knows his role. That was, and that was Pete's what he's getting. favorite breakout pass King. So we'll, we'll keep Gustav Lindstrom in the family for another season, I guess. On Rasmussen in the kids' development, Iserman says, you see it on the ice. Michael's worked really hard at his skating confidence, and it shows he cares and has put a lot of work into becoming a better player. Steve expects him to continue to grow and develop. Same with Valeno. He expects them to take another step. And that was kind of the theme of the current players in this press conference is he needs everyone to take a step forward to find that little bit of extra offense to play harder on defense. And by bringing in these guys and giving them roster flexibility and upping the overall defense of the team and giving you more weapons on your penalty kill and giving you more weapons on your power play, the scoring should come and we should be able to stop more goals than we let in. So that is kind of Iserman's offseason adjustments is bump the defense. Offense comes with development and from improved special teams. And that should hopefully even it out, even if we don't get a high score. But he's still looking for one. Yeah, it, a lot of it speaks to what we've talked about, I think, time and time again, where the offense comes from the defense. And that transition game of the breakout and how they can actually get out of their own end and push forward. A lot of these guys now, you look at the defense and how things are set up, That's hopefully is going to speak to that. We saw what the system could do last season. When the defense got engaged, they weren't like over pursuing and causing poor rushes or doing forcing passes. It, it can work. And now you bring in a guy like Gossespierre, bring in a Hall. It hopefully speaks more to that. Now we hope that again nobody gets hurt uh, because we saw how that just derailed pretty much everything on the back end in particular. But there's more now that hopefully this can start coming about because yeah people are, are too uneasy at this point saying it's taking too long but I, I i still can't be mad at this stage of things given what eiserman has taken over and to see the fact that since he has taken over after literally tearing it down to the studs this team has gotten better each season yeah and hopefully after this people can just take a little step back look at the entire picture Look at our cap situation going forward. They don't. The, you're well, asking a lot. I'm I'm just asking people to. If you were listening to this and you were very, very upset by what Steve Eiserman did so far, and you think that the world is ending and that the team is going backwards, I really implore you to go on Cap Friendly, open up the entire roster, look at what contracts we have signed into the future, Go look. I posted all the J Fresh cards out there, I believe. If I didn't ask me for them, I will give them to you, the J Fresh cards. And make your own lineup. Go in and make your own lineup out of the players that we have on that we have signed throughout this free agency so far. And tell me it's not balanced. And that's kind of what we've achieved is a level of balance that we didn't have before. And it, top to bottom, I can say that this team is better today than they were last week based on the additions that were made. And this team is deeper than they were last week. And this is a team. Yeah. And this is a team that maybe stops 10 more goals, 15 more goals in a season. And that wins you more games. 
And you know what's great? Like, specifically going back to the defensive aspect of it. Like, right now, you look at Cap Friendly, and it, this is probably their, their seven. You got Sherratt, Ghost, Hall, Wallman, yep. Mata, Lindstrom, Sider. Yep. Guess who your top two are now waiting in the wings? No pun intended. Ed Vincent and Johansson. And Johansson. And, and Wallander. Wallander. Yeah. What's that? What What's the word I'm trying to search for here right now, Greg? Future. Depth. Depth and future, man. That's what it is. And it's just people just take the snap reactions out of it. Cool yourself down. Go over the whole thing. Look at it again. Because right now, I'm looking at it. And then again, looking at what Toronto did. Because they got Bertuzzi and Domi. But they also got rid of defense. And they're also eight plus million over the cap right now. And don't have a goalie under contract that's not named Matt Murray. And you know who we didn't talk about? For Detroit, though, for the depth aspect, Sandine Pelica. Yeah, who was another probably one. He's a, a couple reincarnation years, but... of Brian Rafalski. I know we talked about him last week. Yeah. But in like the future piece, like I'm assuming he's, we haven't heard officially, but you can make the assumption he's going to take the path of an Edmondson and a Walter and all those guys. He's going to play in the SHL again for a year and then make the jump over to the North American ice. But now you've got a guy that will likely be better than Gostas Bear. Because then yeah. you can compare them in size. But the skating, if you want to get an idea of what Sandy and Pelica is going to bring, watch Gossas Bear this season. He's better defensively than Gossas Bear, too. Oh, totally. But oh. offensively, that is what you can get a preview and an idea of. Is With Gossas Bear out there, you're going to have the same build, same type of offensive mindset with Sandy and Pelica, but he's a righty. Yeah. So go back, listen to Eiserman talk, listen to all the player press conferences, listen to us again, and me break down the numbers. And I think you'll get a little bit more calm. But Ryan, I want to get your final thoughts before everything outside starts exploding. Yeah, I'm because here fireworks it too. Is, it's a Monday <laughs> night and the fireworks have started. So I'll get your final thoughts before we sign off. No, final thoughts. I mean, it, was it underwhelming? No. Was it overwhelming? No. Like this is... It was whelming. It was, it was exactly what they needed to hope to hopefully, I'll, I'll say that again, improve. And... For all intents and purposes, this team should be improving going into next season. They need to stay healthy. We get that. Will that be the case? Probably not. Someone's going to get hurt at some point. That's inevitable. Robbie Fabry, cough, cough, Robbie Fabry. Say, but yes, you're right. Um, so we just need progress. Like I already said, I went back and pulled the wins. I looked at the roster since Eisenman took over. This team has improved. You can argue it's been minimal. But they are now up to close to a 500 record, which we haven't been able to enjoy for a very long time. So that is the progress that this team is making. They have to make that progress. Eisenman knows the fan base can't be happy with mediocrity forever. That doesn't like that's not a weird, crazy thing that we're just identifying after this this offseason. So for the love of God, take a step back. Quit trying to think that everything has to be immediate satisfaction. It's not, it can't happen. It doesn't happen. So I don't know. I'm going to try not to yell at more people on Twitter or at least call them out for their stupidity. I'll just quote tweet them. Say fucking wow again. Anyways, already ran 33. Yeah, I already gave my final thoughts like giddy up. Let's go. It's development camp. I think we're going to have Daniela on next week to talk about dev camp and break down some prospect performance and analysis. So it'll be a good time. But keep looking for stuff because I don't think Iserman's done. And I think there's still trades to be made. So 
You can follow me online at Bringing the Wing. You can follow the Grindline Podcast online at Grindline Pod. Like, give a shout out to the Hockey Podcast Network and say thank you for hosting us and spreading us around. Go follow us and sub to us on YouTube. All the content goes up there and you can see Ryan in real time be really mad. Uh, oh. That's a treat. Uh, you can, uh, oh, we want to thank Vintage Detroit for being awesome and just being the best at doing Detroit jerseys for every Detroit sport out there. You can use promo code Grindline on Bring Hockey Back and get 10%. Same promo code. Uh, no, bring hockey back is 12. Same promo code on how he's hockey tape. That's 10. You can go to redbubble.com and search the grind line to find our awesome merch. There will be more merch coming up. I'm working on my real Klim Shady shirt. That should be really <laughs> yes. cool because that is going to be a bestseller, I think. That's so um, good. But again, you need to happy. do it in the, in the form of an album. Oh, I'm going to do it with a 313 and everything. I'm going to do it oh. just like Eminem does his shirts. But Hell instead yeah. of Slim, it's going to say Klim. It's going to be amazing. I love um, it. That's going to do it for us tonight. So for Ryan. I am Greg. You stay classy, Hockey Town.